Welcome back to everybody's favorite movie podcast. We're getting a lot of uh, uh, traction here on iTunes and uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, this is another episode of Be Kind Rewind. We're selling these now? Yeah. I okay. thought we were always doing that. Uh, welcome to Be Kind Rewind. My name is Gabe. I'm Logan. And I'm Kyle. Hooray! We got the whole gang here today. So this year we're talking about uh, movies that came out in 2001. And there were a lot and a lot of them were good. Yes, we kind of uh, picked up the the pace here from the 2000, which in my opinion was a very top-heavy year, but, you know, it's fine. Um, But we need to talk about something we've been alluding to for quite a while now. We have made some oblique references, that is true. Yes, we have. Um, Let's just get it out there. Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001. I mean, we'll forgive 2001, but I don't think we can forgive Jurassic Park 3. It's 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 an unforgivably bad movie. Alan, yeah, it's terrible, and uh, I hated I hated this movie. Yeah, and it, what sucks is they brought back Sam Neill, who's terrific, and doesn't get enough work. Laura Dern, yeah. He's great. Laura Dern can be good sometimes. Um, William H Macy can be good. Actually, it's funny that Laura Dern did come back to this movie because she's only in like two scenes, and they're not anywhere near the island. Of yeah, no, you're right. I was thinking Park. so the lead Tia Leone. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of her, and she's yeah usually not that good. I'm not a big fan, um, but no, it's just it's it's so bad. It it takes it's offensively bad. Like the the beauty of the first movie was that it takes this kind of cartoonish premise and gives it some gravitas. Mm-hmm. And I mean even even at its its better points than the second movie, which I didn't like, it had that. Yeah, this third one is just it's it's a farce the whole time. I would put the first Jurassic Park movie is one of my top five of all time. That's how much I love this movie. And I would put Jurassic Park 3 as probably my bottom five. Man, maybe it's, not I bad. mean, it's pretty bad. I, I, I wouldn't so. go that high in the original Jurassic Park, but I love it. It's a great movie. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, so this this started your disdain towards William H. Macy, the wonderful actor. It probably did, actually. This was uh, probably where that began. Yep. Because uh, this movie was so bad, it, it forever tainted him in my mind. Yes, his very unlikable lead character, so... Because him and his wife were getting a divorce, but meanwhile they're trying to find their son who is parasailing yep. on Jurassic Park. And of Park course Island. it has you your stereotypical precocious kid, yep. which funnily enough shows up again in the fourth movie, Jurassic World, but is handled so much better. So, yes. So yeah. much better. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, another movie that came out. Uh, we need to talk about this because of our love for um, Tim Burton. Mm. Um, yeah. Planet of the Apes. Mm, Tim Burton at his somethingest. I think this was the, the beginning of his downfall and his very uh, long downfall. Uh, I, I think this was right in the middle. This was definitely one of his worst movies. Yeah. But he made good and bad movies both before and after. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't say it was the start of his downfall. I will say some of the redeeming um, qualities was um, the makeup was really good. The costumes, they looked like apes. That was fine. I appreciated the Charlton Heston cameo. I appreciated it. Also, Paul Giamatti's <laughs> performance was decent. Also, wasn't Tim Roth in this movie? I, I, yeah, Tim Roth's yeah. in that movie. He was, he was okay. But other than that, Marky Mark, I completely forgot he was in that up until I just said his name. Because yeah. he was the human character. The human character. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was just bizarre. It was weird. It set up a bizarre narrative mm-hmm. for bizarre sequels that bizarrely never happens. And yeah, so actually bizarre. that part wasn't bizarre because it was terrible. How bizarre! How bizarre! Um, but some other decent movies came out this year. Um, Shrek came out. Okay, so last mm-hmm. week we talked mm-hmm. about I didn't I don't 
overly, in the grand scheme of things, don't really care for kids' movies. However, Shrek, I think, um, even though it wasn't a um, Disney Pixar movie, it was DreamWorks, but I thought it was the best DreamWorks movie that they have to offer. Correct me if I'm wrong. At the um, time. At, at the, the time, time. Fair enough. Um, um, it was Mike Myers in one of his four iconic roles. Um, well, I should say one of his four roles in Hollywood. Um, and Eddie Murphy was wonderful as Donkey. Interestingly enough, and you'll appreciate this as a comedy fan, you know who was originally supposed to be Shrek, who they even began recording dialogue? Uh, what is it, that guy that uh, Michael J. Fox replaced? No, 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 no. Chris Farrelly. Chris Farrelly. He was going to be Shrek. Wow. They had recorded the dialogue. I think you can still go online and find it. Okay. Um, very, very different take. I believe that uh, that changed, obviously, when he passed away. I believe that's why they had to switch uh, yeah, um, I think, to Mike I think Myers. Mike Myers has actually referenced that, like that Chris Farley was intended to be on the role, and then they kind of moved to another Saturday Night Live alumni. Yeah. 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 Um, Fair enough. But no, Shrek, Shrek is a good one. Um, also... Zoolander came out this year. Hilarious. How very funny. It was one of, I think, like seven or eight or even nine movies that Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller were in together. <laughs> Their little bromance lasted for a very long time. Um, much more than a bromance. I think they had a lot of good quality movies and performances. And uh, uh, Jerry Stiller was hysterical in this movie. Um, in one of, actually surprisingly, um, Jerry Stiller, in my opinion, is regarded as one of the comedy legends. Um Yet, I went through his IMDb. I don't recognize a lot of his work, but I know, like, okay, so George Costanza's father, um, and then in The King of Queens, he was also the dad in that, is Arthur. And um, that, Zoolander, and I don't, there's not too much else that Jerry Stiller is really known for, as far as I know. Maybe he was, I think actually he was um, in sketch comedy or like uh, like stand up or something like that back in the uh, back in the day with his wife Mira, um, who are actually the uh, f- um, parents of Ben Stiller. So so yeah, um, good on him. I uh, really like Zoolander. It's about male so, modeling. Uh, my obscure reference of the year, um, which I think is worth seeing. It's it's a fun movie. It's kind of cheesy, kind of hokey, but a lot of great actors in it. The Last Castle. Ooh. Anybody? Anybody? Is that with James Gandolfini? It is. James Gandolfini plays the kind of sadistic head of the prison. Um, Robert Redford is, you know, the the hero who is in prison. Um, it has a very early performance from Mark Ruffalo, who is also terrific. Again, it's cheesy, but it's one of those movies I really loved at the time and uh, is worth looking up. It is it is entertaining. Yeah, there there are I'm looking through the list once again of stuff that's not on our our top fives maybe, but that also came out. There's a lot of franchises that either started one of the biggest franchises in history. Yeah, one of the biggest franchises that either started or or reached their end like it's the it's the end of the view askew universe as jay and silent bob strike back came out oh, this yeah. year um rush hour 2 the mummy returns yeah um both came out this year scary movie 2 scary movie 2 uh but it was also the start of the fast, fast and, the and the furious, furious. Yep. franchise Yep. Uh, rest in peace, Paul Walker. But uh, this was basically the role that he was no- that he'll be remembered for. Um, eight movies later, uh, and I believe they're going to make two more, and then that they're going to call it quits. 
However, they say. that's what they say. They said yes. they were going to quit after like the Paul Walker stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's just take a moment though to admire the resiliency of a franchise that weathered Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that's true. No kidding. Well, weathered and then be, and we're like, hey, at least that director was good. Let's bring yeah. him around. Fair, fair. Um, and it was also the uh, Ocean's Eleven mm. came out this yeah, year as well. Correct. Oh, another great franchise. Yep. Um, now, great movie that I don't think made any of our lists. I don't think. I apologize if it did. But uh, Training Day. Yeah, it didn't make uh, on my list, but I love. Yeah, I just that movie. yeah, just yeah. outside. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we've you know touched on how great Ethan Hawke is. Um, Denzel obviously is always yeah. really good. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a no brainer. No, terrific movie. Terrific movie yeah. that didn't crack my top five. Yeah, Denzel, who I don't think has has had a movie on any of our lists so far. Uh, I thought I I had a Denzel movie. Well, you mentioned the hurricane, but I guess I guess that hurricane is an honorable mention. Like not like he hasn't had a top five list. I'm trying to think if he will have any. What about Philadelphia? Didn't that make somebody's list? Oh, I think Philadelphia might have made somebody's list. list. But yeah, either way, he's Hmm. a great actor. Yeah, Um, he's fantastic. And now I know you like to rip into Keanu Reeves a lot. So uh, this is one of what I consider to be one of his good roles. Another sports movie you liked the replacements last week, um, Hardball. Ooh, Hardball yeah. is kind of a updated, a little bit grittier, darker Bad News Bears, if you will. Yeah, um, I can see that. You know, he plays a guy who gets in trouble, and you know, to pay off a little bit of his debt, he starts coaching this peewee or middle school, you know, softball league yep. or baseball league. And, you know, uh, predictably, you know, he develops a bond with these kids. But what sets it a little bit apart for me, and this is, you know, mind you, pre, um, pre-Remember the Titans, pre-Glory Road, wow. pre-all of those, it's it's an inner city group. You know, it's all African-American kids. It's yep. very urban. And there's there's this overhanging cloud. And again, it's a, it's a movie about him coaching a bunch of kids playing softball. Yep. But there's this over, you know, hanging cloud of gang violence and... There are some very dark moments in the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but very dark, very sad bits um, to to what could have been a very formulaic film. Yep. Um, didn't make my top five of the year, but it's very, very good and worth watching. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen it until fairly recently because I, I thought it was just going to be formulaic. But then it's like, oh, there's actually this kind of grittiness, mm-hmm. like you said, to it. Like, I thought, oh, it's a baseball Mighty yep, Ducks. Yeah, it's, it's Mighty Ducks, Bad News Bears, yeah. all that. And yeah, it has a little bit more to offer to the yep. genre, which I appreciated. Fair enough. Shall we crack the top five? Or are we done talking about honorable mentions? I'm good. You want to kick us off? I'll with kick your number it off five? real quick. My number five was Saving Silverman. So, another Jason Biggs movie, but another, more importantly, a Steve Zahn and Jack Black movie. Don't forget this- Sarah Silverman. Uh, she was not in this movie, but... Uh, Are you sure? I would swear that was she was in this movie. Not Carrie Russell, but Amanda Peet. Uh, was, was it? It was Amanda Peet, and she was fantastic in this movie as the evil uh, Judith. Not Judy, Judith. And uh, I guess it's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember enjoying it quite very a bit. funny. It's hilarious. It has a great cameo by Neil Diamond. It has a great side character uh, played by Arlie Ermey, uh, a.k.a. the drill sergeant from... Um, uh boy full metal jacket and he plays a similar type character so don't worry about that um and so it's just so funny from start to finish over the top just like i said about um state main um these aren't really characters grounded in reality they're pretty much caricatures um and uh 
that's my recommendation because the only reason okay so um i'm gonna get real uh specific or i don't know about this recommendation list that i have going on i don't recommend the big movies that everybody's seen because you've already seen it not a lot of people have seen saving Sir silverman and uh that's my recommend of the of the year 2001 fair enough well my, you know it's funny my number five could actually fall on that list too not a lot of people have seen it definitely recommend it it yeah. is another sports movie 61 uh Ooh, written call. numerically with an asterisk after it um it was actually it was an hbo movie so it, it wasn't in theaters yep. which is i think one reason most people kind of missed it um it is the story of mickey mantle and roger maris playing for the new york yankees the year that they were both chasing the home run championship mm-hmm. or the, the the home run title i should say sure. um and it, it's this great story stars I, i've shown a lot of love for him in this podcast stars barry, barry pepper, pepper as roger maris and he's terrific because you have this plot and i should say tom jane another favorite of mine tom plays jane. mickey mantle and plays him fantastically and you have mickey mantle who is beloved by the fans and roger maris who's terrific you know as good or better than mantle in this year but who's just, you know, he, he's not as personable and, you know, he has a bad relationship with the fans and it, it starts kind of tearing him up. And it's just this wonderful movie with wonderful characters and dynamics. Great performances directed by Billy Crystal, of yeah. all people. Um, cannot recommend it enough. Glancing at my list, I have one more kind of obscure recommends coming up. But this is one of my recommends for this year's hands down. Look it up. Real quick about Billy Crystal. He's such a diehard baseball Yankees fan, actually, um, that he made this movie. But. Did you know that Billy Crystal actually had an at-bat in a uh, spring training game um, with the Yankees? And he uh, didn't make it on base, obviously, but he followed one off, which is very impressive that he would follow foul off a uh, pitch by a professional uh, Major League Baseball pitcher. Huh, I did not know that. There you go. Yeah, now I do. A little bit of trivia. What's your number five there, Kyle? Uh, my number five is actually a movie I did not see until last year. Um, and it's uh, it was a very much a Heath Ledger vehicle at the time, but a Knight's Tale, very good movie. Uh, but now looking at it in hindsight, like we all know the actor that Heath Ledger became, mm-hmm. and he was fairly good in this movie too. But you also have guys like Mark Addy, mm-hmm. um, who goes on to play Robert Baratheon in uh, yeah. Game of Thrones, yes. and you have Paul Bentney. Yes. And Paul Bettany, who's ridiculous in this movie, as well as the ever-lovable Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, yep. Um, <laughs> Tudyk, sorry. Yeah. And they're such a fun cast, such a fun movie. Even the girl in the movie was pretty fun, too. I can't remember um, her name. She, she is also in uh, the movie 40 Days and 40 yes. Nights yes, with yes, yes, yes. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, a good movie, too. Yep. Uh, which, uh, that's... Uh, a lot better than it should be yes. for for yeah. a movie that correct we'll, we'll with that, that premise yeah uh and she's also in kiss kiss bang bang surprise yes, uh but yeah just a fantastic movie uh the soundtrack's a little ridiculous like it has it's got queen yeah it's got queen like it's one of those that and much like another movie that was in my honorable mentions, uh, Moulin Rouge, it's like using more modern music yeah. in in a older setting, there, but it works in this one. Isn't there a scene where um, they're disco dancing at like a dinner party or something like that? In Moulin so. Rouge, I think, yeah. Oh, 
Fair enough. Um, that was my steal as well. But yeah, then they got the Nike. It might swoop. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, the but then my my number four, uh, I just I just written down because the Japanese release was in two thousand one. Um, it didn't reach America until two thousand three, but uh, spirit spirited away. Okay. Um, as as Logan and I talked about in previous episodes. It was the it was the first Miyazaki movie I'd seen. Same, and, and it's the best. Still, it's so it's such a good film. Um, it's can be disturbing at points, but and I think that's it's like the, haunting. The but it. yeah, it's it, it's weird, but wonderful and lovely. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's it's, really it's very hard, hard to describe. It's like a lot of the Miyazaki films are just go watch them. Yeah, most yeah. of them. Like they're very good. Go watch this, which isn't always the most articulate description, but that's kind of what you have to do. Like they're visually interesting, visually and narratively. I yeah. mean, sometimes the story can be a little hard to follow, but yeah, worth it. Worth it every time. Yeah. Um. So my number four is my other slightly obscure one that is a definitely recommend go watch. Um. K Pax. Oh boy. Yeah, I have have either of you seen it? I would be very surprised if you have. I have not. Is that with Jeff Bridges? And it is Jeff Bridges and Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey, and Jeff Bridges plays a psychiatrist, I believe, um, who works at a mental hospital, and Kevin Spacey plays a man who may or may not be an alien. Yeah. Um. the The movie leaves it delightfully ambiguous. It's kind of up to you to figure out what you believe. Um, I definitely know what I think, but it, it's just it's it's two wonderful performances playing off of each other. It's for a pseudo science fiction film. You know, it's not flashy or glitzy. Again, and this is something I like. It's a character piece. It is really yeah. about the two of them and the relationship they develop as you know Jeff Bridges tries to analyze him and figure him out and uh, vice versa. It, sure. It's just delightful wonderful go look it up my only complaint um is that i don't think it ever got a blu-ray release or at least the last time i checked it had not um so i haven't seen it in a while that would be a pretty big complaint because yeah. that's the format that every movie is going it, it, to it is um so maybe maybe it has and i just missed it but yeah look it up find it watch look it, it worth it my number four is the start of Christopher Nolan's huge epic mm-hmm. career. Not the official start, but the, fir- the first It's kind movie. of the official start. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's This was official, his first feature film. Yeah, it's his first feature was... and his first U.S. release. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, well, no, fo- no, following had come. Year. I mean, following, yeah. but that's that's barely a feature anyway. Yeah. That's like 70 minutes. Yeah. Oh, really? Holy cow. Yeah, 70 minutes, shot on 16 millimeter. I don't know if Black it and got white, much I of a theatrical release. So. It's a great movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong. it's a great movie, yeah. Um, but no, this is his first real movie. It was Memento, starring uh, Guy Pierce Again. Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano. And Carrie Ann Moss. And Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. Um, it's a movie that uh, takes place in reverse order, and it's a, mis- a murder mystery, but a guy can't remember anything. He's got a whole bunch of tattoos. Well, and it's not even, it, it's not entirely in reverse order Yeah, it's either. not entirely in reverse. Thing. It tells two stories jumps, from yeah. both ends to the middle almost, mm-hmm. as I recall. And but it just and it's such a difficult thing to tackle that again it kind of reminds me of the Matrix in the sense that it did something revolutionary that has been ripped off a ton since but never done as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, so yeah, Memento started unofficial start to Chris yeah, Nolan. Needless epic to say, that's career. on my list. It's it's my number two. Fair enough. Love it. All right. Love it. Love it. Love Fair it. Enough. What's your uh, number four there, Kyle? We already talked about my number okay. four. Well, what's your number three there? Kyle? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my number three is completely different from Memento, uh, and it is 
uh, not another teen movie. Okay. I uh, sometimes uh, we'll get to it in later years, but to me, a good parody film is actually a good version of that uh, film type Correct. of film um, that is just funnier. Yes. Um, and makes fun of of the tropes that can happen, and that's kind of what happens with not another teen movie. It's you know, looking at the cast now, you have Chris Evans. Chris Evans in Captain this America. ridiculous movie, where he at one point has a banana uh, oh God, strategically yes. placed. Yes, uh, oh, he was so funny in this movie. Which he's is so funny. Yeah, so he is yeah. hilarious. I mean, he doesn't. I don't think he gets credit for that very often because a lot of his signature roles are, are more dramatic than comedic, but. He can be really funny. He like can his be really turn fun. in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, his yeah. turn in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it's like now he's become, you know, Captain America. But until Captain America, he was this weird dude from not another yeah. teen movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the Human stuff. Torch, I mean, you know, you know, the, various more comedic things. Yeah. I mean, there, there was and I'll talk this a lot when we get to this year, but he was in Sunshine. Which is what really That's, turned me on to this guy yeah. can act. That that guy, yeah, he can really act. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And in his new movie too, he looks pretty good. He plays a father of this like super smart kid. But yeah, that's Chris Evans for you. So my number three um, would be The Majestic. And I know a few episodes ago with The Green Mile, we talked about Frank Darabont a little bit. This is my second favorite Darabont movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, small, delightful character piece. Jim Carrey. In one of his more you know dramatic roles, which I love, he's great when he's being dramatic. Um, plays yes, a is. Hollywood screenwriter who I believe at the start of the film is blacklisted. Um, yes, as, I as memory so, yes. serves, and you know he, he goes out, he ends up in an accident, and you know it, it's going to sound a little contrived, but he has a little bit of amnesia, doesn't remember who he is, ends up in this small town that thinks he is one of their uh, boys who went off to the war who they thought was dead. He looks like yeah. one of their guys. He doesn't remember who he is, so he starts believing it too. Interesting. And it's this really charming little movie, very sad, but also very uplifting. Um, and it's it's it's, it's delightful. Um, Jim Carrey's great. Darabont does a great job. Worth I seeing. I don't think it gets... Uh, people like it, but I don't think it gets the love yeah, it Yeah, I don't think it gets the love that it deserves. Uh, they actually talked about... There's a series on the El Rey Network uh, called Director's Chair. Uh, where Robert Rodriguez sits down and talks to other directors. And there's an episode with Frank Darabont. And this is one of the movies they just so barely quickly touch on it and then kind of move on to other things. And it's like, oh, I I wanted to hear it's, more. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's terrific. It's so terrific. Yeah. Hmm. But that that is my number three. Another yeah. another terrific movie is my number three, Black Hawk Down. Mm. Another Josh Hartnett movie that we mentioned his name earlier. Josh Hartnett and everybody else. Yep. Yeah, and there's a lot of people. That's another ensemble. Really terrific cast. role for Eric Bana. You've got Tom Sizemore oh, in there. So good. Um, you've got Orlando Bloom, but it's okay because he falls out of a helicopter pretty early. Yeah, he does. Uh, spoiler alert. So uh, I said early. It's not a spoiler. I suppose, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a war movie. Um, you know, prepare prepare for uh, guts and all that stuff. So, but it's just it, it's. Uh, I'll jump in a little bit. This is my number one of the year, so we can skip it when we get there. Um, it's Very just emotional. unrelenting. So more than almost any other war movie, and war movies, their hallmark is their intensity. Yeah. You know, like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, or you know any battle scene. But that is 
Black Hawk Down in its entirety. Yeah. From the first, you know, 10 minutes once they enter the city. It's the whole movie. It's the whole movie is just nonstop and it wears you out. You are exhausted by the time you get to the end of just watching this movie. Yes. And I think it, what it does, because I've talked to some people who didn't like it, okay. and they didn't like it because they feel like it's light, there's not much going on, it's just an action movie, but it's not. It puts you in the role that these soldiers were in, and you feel it so vividly. Yeah. Um, I, I would, yeah, never make the mistake of thinking that it's it's not about anything. It, it's, can't recommend it enough. It's probably Ridley Scott's best or second best movie. Um, and Ridley Scott's made some great movies. Yes, he has. He's made a lot of great movies. That's a bold statement. Yeah, it make. is, but I stand by it. Oh, well, fair enough. And um, I think the other one that I love by him would surprise you. So, haha, wait for it. <laughs> oh, my. My number two um, was another Russell Crowe movie. Uh, my Love Affair for Russell Crowe continues. Uh, a Beautiful Mind. This was a very polarizing movie, I've realized, in the last couple years here. Um, a lot of people didn't like this movie because it was... I just a little melodramatic, maybe a little overdone. Um, but I thought it was a be- for lack of a better, better word, a beautiful movie. Um, great performances. Uh, uh, Russell Crowe plays John Nash, who is a genius mathematician um, with schizophrenia, and it is an amazing performance and uh, has some. As at least one scene that really stands out as one of the creepiest scenes, actually, to be honest. And it takes place in the middle of the movie, and you think it's going somewhere, and you're rooting for the character. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it takes a dramatic turn, and you realize that things aren't what they seem. And it's, uh, I think it's a Ron Howard movie. Mm -hmm. It it was the first of two really good collaborations between them. Because they did this, and then they did Cinderella Man, which is also yeah, which terrific. Which is also a great movie. Agreed. So, yeah, A Beautiful Mind, a beautiful movie. And uh, loved it a lot. So what do you got for number two, Kyle? Uh, my number two is, surprise, surprise, it's another Richard Linklater movie. Love it. Uh, but it's it's one of his experiment films, really. And it's he wanted to do this uh, kind of live-action animation blend and sort of thing. And it's all and because of wanting to do that style of so he'd he'd film everything in live action and then have animators go over and kind of trace over and do their coloring mm-hmm. in over the top, but then also add in these bizarre little effects, which ends up being perfect. And it's it's a combination of everything I like about Linklater movies because it messes with the technical aspects but it also is very conversational because it's all this one main character kind of walking through and talking with people about how they perceive their dreams oh Uh, yes yes yes. and like and that dreamlike existence works with the animation style because the style switches every scene i don't think anybody but Linklater could pull a movie like this off i mean he does these kind of rambly conversational pieces that don't really have a narrative yep. but are just terrific yeah and it's like it's about nearly a two-hour movie and it doesn't feel like it yeah, well, like it feels very quick um and yeah it's it's one of my favorite films speaking of richard Linklater, um i believe if my math serves me correctly um this is around the same time that they started filling boyhood 
Um, yes. So there you go. There's something um, yeah, else. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, they started filming Boyhood. Uh, speaking of Ethan Hawke, once again, Ethan oh, Hawke's yeah. in this for a scene. Um, it's him and Julie Delphi, uh, once again, uh, which may or may not be part of the before series but it's probably not <laughs> um so it, it's there. most likely not but okay. that was a tease is that because of how the first film ends it's it's a tease okay. of the second and third That's kind of fun. Um, so. but it's a fantastic film it's incredibly watchable what was the me. name of it again i'm sorry uh waking life waking life okay yep. I feel like Linklater is another one of those directors who doesn't get the love he deserves because he's pseudo experimental. Yeah, like he'll sure. do, like you said, he's he's working on this, which then becomes this was a test to do Scanner Darkly later, which did yeah. not end up being which as didn't good as do, life. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, he'll do movies like this. He'll do movies like like uh, Bernie. Yeah, like such Bernie, an odd movie, but yeah. then he'll turn around and he'll do something like School of Rock. Yeah, yes. which, which which School of Rock is, is yeah, which School of Rock is fantastic. Yeah, it is. it's 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 amazing, and you know he does stuff like Boyhood, which yeah. you know was filmed over how many years, and it's yeah. also amazing. Yeah, yeah. twelve. Years I, I love his work. I absolutely love his work. Yes, me too. Um, we already talked about my number two. That's Memento. Um, I obviously love it. I love Christopher Nolan. Um, he is probably my favorite filmmaker working today. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it for me it started with Memento. Agree. I saw following later, even though it came earlier. Yeah. Um and um, I, I have not disliked any of his movies. And most of them have been fantastic. And a lot of people's least favorite Christopher Nolan movie is Interstellar, but even even, even that, that movie, has terrific stuff in it. it it's not perfect. But yeah. it's not perfect, but the science behind that movie is perfect and uh it tells a good story. Although the third act huge downer for me but well we're not talking yeah. about that movie no. yet but yeah. no christopher yeah, nolan is is yeah. one of the best he's my favorite filmmaker working today yeah. yeah hands down agreed yep and and speaking of directors who are a little polarizing uh my number one uh is the second film or third film from wes anderson mm-hmm. uh the royal tenenbaums good uh, it's a good one it's a really a good one fantastic performance from gene hackman, gene hackman. Yep. uh one of my favorite uh, I always say that Ben Stiller is fantastic in movies that he directs, yep. and in other movies he's so-so. But this one, like Ben Stiller is fantastic. Owen Wilson is fantastic. There's another, there's another team up of Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Yep. Uh, yeah, another one where they don't play brothers. No. Um, but sort of do. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but actually, no, Ben Stiller plays a brother, uh, plays Luke Wilson's brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, which a tragic performance from Luke Very Wilson so. in this film. From the get go, yeah, from the get go, and just a fantastic film. I I about a couple months ago uh, watched this with my roommate Carl, uh, and he had not seen it, it, and I was referencing it, and he's like, uh, "Can I tell you something?" It's like, "What? I've never actually seen that movie." I'm like, we're watching it right Good now. Call. Good call. Uh, and I think I think you're right about Wes Anderson too. I, I think he's more recognized than say Richard Linklater. Yes, but he's polarizing again. Yeah, you, like you love I, him or you hate very him. Much I so. I don't even like a lot of like I I love Royal Tenenbaums, but uh, the year before I for some reason do not like. I kind of despise Rushmore. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like it Fair doesn't. Enough. Is it Jason yeah. Schwartzman's uh, character because he's very yeah. unlikable? 
Yeah, but I love that about um, him. He's the main character. But then, like, so I love uh, his first film, Bottle Rocket. Okay, is actually a lot of fun. And I mean, lately he, he can do no wrong. Grand Budapest, amazing. Moonrise yeah. Kingdom, amazing. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Logan, you're number one. Black Hawk Down, which we already, you know, I think we said everything there is to say about that. But yeah, we terrific, a Black Hawk terrific Down. movie. Black Hawk Down. Uh, well, I will close up the podcast episode here with um, one of the biggest epics of all time, the beginning of a trilogy, one of the best trilogies ever. We already but, talked about Rush Hour. I was going to say, uh, and also probably my second favorite trilogy movie franchise of all time, um, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, what can't be said about this movie? The score stands out mm, so Howard well. Shore, so much so, so. Good. Howard Shore. Oh my god! Um, the cast. It was um, the start start of uh, I want to say Dominic Monahan. Dominic Monahan's Billy Boyd. Career. Billy Boyd. Yeah. Um, Boyd. Even though he hasn't really been in a whole lot since then. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. That's um, right. One of his first things. His first big thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, his face? Um, Vigo Mortensen. There we go. Yeah, Vigo I was like, Mortensen. did yeah. you just what's his Thank face? You. Vigo Thank Mortensen. You. Also, uh, the motion capture. Well, Andy this Circus. is Andy Circus, which more, was more prominent in the sequels. Yeah. Um, but just a great story. Um, a lot of great memories from this movie. It holds a special place in my heart um, from the point of my life where I was at. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great movie. Um, well acted. Great mm-hmm. story. It's a timeless story. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure and everybody's it, it's seen the it. most seamless, too. And I know you disagree with me on this, but. And I'm coming at this from the perspective of this was my favorite book growing up. I read this once a year, every year for about a decade when I was a kid. So going into the movies, I was ecstatic. I was mm-hmm. super excited that they were finally making this big screen epic out of it, but also very nervous. And the first one did not let me down. Correct. I felt like the first one maintained the integrity of the books, cut what had to be cut, but told the same story. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of people were very disappointed that Tom Bombadil did not make it. No, I don't know movie. anybody that was legitimately disappointed. He did not belong in no, the movie. I was say, um, it didn't hurt the, the movie. No, the, the latter two I felt stumbled a lot. I don't think Peter Jackson really understood what he had with the Lord of the Rings, but that didn't show through in the first movie, and I, I love yeah, it. It didn't really show through until The Hobbit. Well, I, I would say it did later on yeah. in Two Towers and Return of the King, but we can get to those. Um, but Fellowship, especially, even even the extended edition is all great yeah. stuff. All the stuff they cut from yeah. Fellowship is actually really good. I was going to say, um, if you have the time, you might as well just watch the extended version. It is a half hour. Yeah, 30, 40 minutes, minutes longer. Longer, yeah. longer, but like, it's But so for Fellowship, it. yeah, I understand what was cut from the other two, but Fellowship worth every second, especially yeah. some of the Boromir stuff. Because I thought Sean Bean mm. was terrific as Boromir. Yes, he was. And the stuff that they cut made him even better. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that cast, the casting for that is Perfection. like like Ian McKellen as Gandalf, uh, Christopher Lee, Chris, Christopher Lee, um, Elijah Wood Elijah doesn't Wood? get Sean Astin is Sean, perfect. Yeah, Sean yes. Astin's fantastic. Samwise. Um, and yeah, I think that triumvirate of Ian McKellen. Elijah Wood and Bigo Mortensen, like you could not have found three actors better for those roles. No. Well, so interestingly enough, do you know who was cast as Aragorn? Right up I until two weeks before filming, remember. they had cast Stuart Townsend. Who is oh. that? And again, he, he's not. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done a few things. Um, he was in he was in a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen actually yeah. as Dorian Gray, but they decided at the very last minute that he was too young for the role. 
and recast. So Viggo Mortensen came in literally two weeks before yeah. filming to play the part. Um, and it is definitely a movie of two halves, too, because the fellowship doesn't even start until like an hour and a half into this three hour movie. And then yeah. a whole nother movie, it feels like, takes yeah. place after Which that. Which I do love the fact that in the extended cut, mm-hmm. uh, that is where you switch discs. Oh, okay. It is literally like, like the Fellowship of the Rings, like insert disc two. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so just a great And movie. I mean, I haven't, if any of you watched it recently, I'm curious yeah. how the effects hold up. They they hold up um, more so than The Hobbit, actually, to be honest. Well, it's not surprising. The Hobbit, he went really heavy digital Very. for even the close up stuff. Yeah. Because in Which The Lord of the Rings, it was a lot of makeup, you know, a yeah. lot of weta design. Yep. And I think that helps. My, my worry about it holding up is, is the digital stuff. One of my favorite scenes is the cave troll fight in Moria. That holds up. Oh, I, need to I love it. that line from Boromir where all of a sudden they just hear the cave troll off in the distance. And then they he have a the cave door. troll. They've got a cave yeah, troll. Cave troll. That was so awesome. And yeah, so Bor- I mean, uh, Boromir was great in that scene. Um, Gimli was great in that mm-hmm. scene. Just freaking out that his family died, basically. Um, yeah. Go see it. But you've seen it. Yeah, so. I think everybody's yeah. seen everybody that movie. Seen it. But go read it. Go read it. Yeah. Go read the book. The book was much better. Uh, so that is 2001 in a nutshell. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next year for 2002. All right. We'll see you next year.